This is the Enneagram 8 Podcast, and we're here to take you inside the armor. We are so excited to share something new we've been working on. We have now launched the Enneagram 8 community. This is a community where Enneagram 8s can come together to feel seen and heard for the heart of who they are, a place where you can just be you. If you're interested in joining us here, go to the Enneagram8community.com to sign up. There are two phrases that come up in the world, whether you're a patient or a person or a doctor, it doesn't matter. Practice makes perfect and trying to find a work-life balance. The reality is both of those things are myths. They don't exist. We don't know anybody with a work-life balance or anybody that does anything perfectly even once, never mind a regular basis. So when we're thinking about being healthy, it's actually an opportunity to reframe both of those things, especially as it relates to how we engage the Enneagram. So one is to move from practice makes perfect to practice makes permanent and ask ourselves, what are we practicing? And the work-life balance is actually not about finding a work-life balance. It's about understanding that balance is dependent on rhythms. So when we're walking, we don't realize that we're actually doing a controlled series of falls. Like we're falling all the time. We're just so good at it, we don't notice, right? So it isn't about maintaining balance and being aware of what we're doing because we really don't think about it unless we're kids learning how to walk or we're adults who have had something happen in injury or old age that prevents us from being able to walk normally. But everybody who's walking and not thinking about it is actually walking because of rhythm, right? To be able to get a cadence or a timing. So when we're talking about the Enneagram, especially for the sake of understanding all of our capacities and all of our energies and all of our, our natures, right? Is to think about not so much the volume of each number. Think about like an orchestra. Everybody's playing together. Some people play first chair or lead and some people are support. Don't worry about everything being the same volume or changing something to be louder or quieter. Think about it that you're saying, am I structurally sound? Am I healthy? Am I functioning in a healthy way? Am I in tune? Is my body, my mind, and my heart you know, healthy and, and being exercised appropriately? But more than anything, am I playing the right song in the right time? You know, you can go to some show or, or an orchestra or an event and hear somebody start playing the wrong time and it feels really out of whack. Never mind playing the wrong song, right? You're just talking about playing the right song at the right speed and the right tempo and the right rhythm. So for most of the time, when we're talking about the Enneagram, we're talking about how we engage. We get to ask questions about what's my pace, what's my timing, what's my rhythm, what's my speed? And you can do that with what am I practicing? Because that'll become permanent. And what are my rhythms? Do I have good life rhythms? And that can be an incredible way to lean into a more probable way of being healthy. So it isn't judgment-based, it isn't fear-based, it isn't shame-based, it's skill-based. And knowing that there are some things that we do more naturally than others because we're skilled at them, we've practiced them, right? So when we're trying to be healthy, just the awareness of where the opportunities are to reinforce a strength and maybe even rein it in because we might be overdoing it and where there's an opportunity to exercise a space that we don't use on a regular basis and to start developing a skill. So don't worry about work-life balance, worry about work-life rhythms, and don't worry about making it perfect. Worry about what is permanent and what you're practicing. And overall, that will give you a much healthier opportunity to engage in what healthy looks like for you, specific and unique to that particular space in which you're asking that particular question. 
So what's left is one, two, three, four, and seven. Yeah. So wherever you want to dance around. And those are all my middle, like three, I'm actually, that's my next lowest. And then the rest are like above the line there. Okay, cool. So those are more pivot points. They're not lead or blind. Um, so if an eight is low in seven, here's a s- simple bottom line. And this is for true for everybody, but especially eight. It is really, really difficult to celebrate wins. It's very, Mm -hmm. very difficult to extend enthusiastic celebration because it sounds and feels irresponsible. It feels wasteful, right? Now, here's the thing. Mm -hmm. Eight energy can burn through all the resources, turn around and go, that was well worth the effort. I needed that fuel. But there has to be somewhere that they went to or they got to as a result of their efforts. They were headed somewhere. So there has to be something to show for it. Seven energy Mm -hmm. is a childlike, lighthearted, wasteful, playful, celebratory, fly by the seat of your pants kind of wing it energy, which is really, really, really good if you're trying to have fun, right? But eight energy that's low in seven doesn't think that fun is appropriate. It it becomes more of a militant energy and it becomes becomes more intense about what the job and the task and and the drive is about. So Mm -hmm. seven energy is where lightheartedness, joy, and levity are at. So if you're low in Mm -hmm. seven, that's that's part of it, right? I've often described it as my my antidote to how heavy I feel as an eight. Oh my gosh! I feel eights feel very heavy. Yeah, like really deeply planted in the ground, and seven gives me that levity that I I covet it so much. It's like water for me. Yeah, true. Yeah, levity neuters pain. Yeah. Yep. Imagine being in the midst of a mm-hmm. conflict and somebody does something super legitimately funny and try and stay angry. Mm-hmm. Right now, here's the interesting thing: <laughs> mm-hmm. if you laugh in the middle of an argument and you get angry again, you chose to do it. Right? Yes. You you were committed to the anger at that point that you're like, I see the levity, and I'm not going to allow it. <laughs> okay, that's right. If, yeah. you spon- if you spontaneously laugh and that happened hmm. instinctively, and you choose to cut it off, yeah. that's a voluntary decision. Yeah, right? I think a joy playlist on YouTube is a good idea for people who are low in seven. What I mean. Find videos that allow you to waste a bit of time that make you smile or get you mm-hmm. vulnerable and allow you to cry in the dark while you're hiding in the bathroom. It's not a bad idea, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's not a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, not at all. Right? Because then you start to access four. And the challenge is that the, the, the superpower for eight is actually vulnerability. That's their superpower. The challenge is mm-hmm. that they are under the impression that's, that vulnerability is their kryptonite. It's not. Mm-hmm. Rigidness and invulnerability is their kryptonite. The more that they put on armor, the more that they're actually going to weaken themselves, right? Because they yes. think that they're supposed to. But the challenge is that if there isn't a space to be woundable and have an opportunity to be vulnerable and avoid actually getting injured, your brain doesn't actually develop any kind of routine or any kind of belief that says it's possible to be vulnerable without being wounded. Yes. Unless it happens, it can't believe that it's possible, right? It has to have some data point, right? right? So that's where the four comes in. I would say practically speaking for people who are high in eight and low in four, one of the most profound things that they can do is realize that the individuality of an eight, the autonomy of an eight is a physical thing. Eights can go mm-hmm. and be by themselves and oftentimes prefer to, that's the maverick, right? It's the, it's the pilot that doesn't yes. need anybody else. It's the bear. Mm-hmm. An eight with a nine wing is a bear. An eight with a seven wing is a maverick. Neither of those need a crew, right? So no. <laughs> why I say that is the, the individuality and the aloneness of the four is more about the solitude of connecting to your heart And most of the time, 
if an eight is by themselves, they're not checking in with themselves. So just asking mm -hmm. the basic question of what am I feeling right now? And you can start that by saying, what am I feeling in my body? Right? Because the eight is actually connected mm -hmm. to the body, but doesn't always check in with the body. And the thing that builds mm -hmm. our capacity to feel things emotionally is actually predicated or built in the ability to feel things physically, like touch. Mm -hmm. So if somebody has mm -hmm. trouble accessing emotions, just see if you can feel your hands. See if you can put your hands on your chest and feel your chest. See if you can put your hands in front of your mouth and feel your own breath. Right. If you're starting to escalate as an eight and you start to check in with the sensation on your hands and the change in temperature of you breathing on your own hands, it will de-escalate the amount of conflict that you're starting to create intentionally or otherwise because mm -hmm. it slows you down. Mm -hmm. But then right. you can go, how do I feel right now? What's a word that I would use? And, a, and, a, and an arm ramp that I would suggest for that is any book by Brene Brown. But especially Brene has this really cool checklist on her website called Emotional Intelligence Words. Because most people can name okay. three emotions. They can connect and name to three unique emotions. An emotionally healthy and emotionally intelligent adult should be able to name 33 to 35 separate emotions. Most adults mm -hmm. can do three. People high in four would be more naturally able 100%. to do that. 30 would be their, would be yeah. their minimum. Right. I can talk very specifically and in very nuanced ways about my inner life. Yeah. And Erin is uh, lowest in four. And she's always baffled by how I can do yeah. that. She's higher in six. So we're reverse where she can name what's happening in the group. Right. But she's not able to really name her own feelings, whereas I can do it exquisitely. Yeah. And that's because four is an internal processor and six is a social community based processor. It's, it's the yeah. difference between withdrawal and duty. Mm -hmm. Six is an obligation based and it needs to consider the other. Four does not. Four considers yep. itself. Right. So yeah, so for one and three, if you're high in an eight and low in three, that's actually really, really hard. I think out of all of the combinations, that one's one of the hardest. The reason I say that is because eight is so heavily tied to just reactive gas pedal movement forward. So it's instinctive mm -hmm. motivation. It's instinctive movement, but it isn't goal oriented mm -hmm. always. It isn't no. big picture. It's survival based, right? It's instinctive. Yep, yep. Three is tied to what is our goal? What are we trying to create? Mm -hmm. What are we trying to achieve? What do we consider success? Right? So three is the big picture thinker in the heart space of what is the global picture that we are trying to connect to. That's the source of a lot of my yeah. pain because I only have, uh, I think it's 14 for yeah. three. So I think I am considered someone who's high in eight and low in three. And it's a real yeah, problem. It's hard, right? <laughs> So one of the most effective ways that you can do it is if you understand that eight is an immediate processor, I'm not talking seconds, I'm talking milliseconds, it's subconscious. Mm -hmm. Three is a big picture processor. So if you think about eight being nanoseconds, anything more than two to three seconds is going to feel like an eternity to eight. So if somebody right. tells an eight, well, why don't you just make a plan for what you want to do for next year? That's like asking somebody, <laughs> why don't you think as an eight, what you would like to do for your great, 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 great grandkids on Thursday of next, <laughs> yeah. you know, two centuries. It's too far. It's way too far. It's too yes. big of a jump. So for an eight to go, what's mm -hmm. the big picture and what's my goal? Going for low hanging fruit and saying, for instance, if you'll be so willing to practice it with me for a second, because I'm going to change my sure. pace. Yeah. If I ask yes. you by the end of this sentence to take a deep breath, do you think that you could succeed at that? Okay, let's yes. try it. You ready? Breathe in. Yep. And breathe out. 
Did you succeed at taking a deep breath? I How did. does it feel to have done it? Insignificant. <laughs> cool, right? That's great. <laughs> That's great. Yes. Okay. So here's the thing. Did you access three by making a goal and accomplishing it? I suppose I did. Yes. By your definition. But did you also access yes. the three, which immediately disqualified the legitimacy of the goal set? And <laughs> yeah, because uh-huh. you, you know what threes <laughs> are really, really good at? I don't care if you're high in three. I don't care if you're low in three. The three will immediately go, yeah, yeah. that wasn't as good as it could have been. <laughs> yes. Right. These are salespeople. They're right. professionals. They're charmers. They're charismatic. Right. But you know what threes have in common that are very high in three and what you just expressed? A mm. lack of confidence. Right. Because threes exude confidence. That doesn't mean they are confident. Yeah. It's not the same thing. Mm-hmm. So if you if you want right. to see, what's the root word of confidence? If you take the first seven letters, what does it spell? Um, confide. confide. So here's the easy, low-hanging trick to level up as a, as a high eight and a low three. Confide something to someone, even if it is yourself, and you will build confidence. You will exercise three. Mm. Confidence is built by confiding in a confidant. It does not matter even if it is yourself in the mirror. Your brain needs someone that it okay. can tell something difficult that it won't share publicly. And then you increase your confidence mm-hmm. to be able to do it because you took one deep breath, but you know why you're not confident in it being relevant? How often do you take deep breaths? Yeah, I've started to do it right? more often. I've started to. It's a new thing. Yeah, but here's the thing. This is when somebody's like, well, how do I know if I'm low in a number? If you're not doing it by default on autopilot and it takes some real intention, the yeah. degree to which you have to intentionally engage it, the more intention that it takes to actively engage it, the less likely you are doing it at all. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That means it's a lower number. So if you don't feel confident about a deep breath being relevant as a goal set and a goal accomplished, honestly, it's because in that particular situation, your brain is going, well, based on previous data and cumulative mm-hmm. information, that is a waste of time. Drop right. in the bucket in the ocean. That's not going to change anything. Yeah. Of course not. It's a drop in the ocean. It's not a drop in the bucket, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But, but, <laughs> but it's a question of how many years have you been on the planet? And do you intend to be here as many more years? And if you started breathing now, could you outweigh the, the total balance scale? Yes, right. you could, but it would take, an, it would take intent, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Confide in a confidant and that will build your confidence. If you're low in three, that's a great way to do it. If you're high in three, that's also a great way to do it. Cool. One and two. Yeah. One and two. I'll leave two last because two is connected to eight and I want to make a point about lines of connection because yeah, I think they're taught wholly in, incorrect. And once we update the, Wonderful. the neuroscience of I it, love disagreeing it'll be a lot more people. helpful. <laughs> yeah. Sounds good. <laughs> well, you can tell them the science, the science doesn't agree with the current understanding. So here's one. The biggest thing with one is that one is not about doing things perfectly. Practice makes perfect is a stupid statement. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. There's not anything about the world that we can do that we can do perfectly. We can get close, but the way the brain works is that practice makes permanent. So whatever we are practicing is what the current protocol is. Mm -hmm. So it isn't about doing things perfectly. It's about asking ourselves, what are we practicing? So for you, are you practicing deep breaths? No. Mm -hmm. So is that going to be relevant? No. 
is it going to become something standard or normal unless you practice it consistently? No. Right. But is it something that you feel is relevant that you want to do? Mm-hmm. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Who knows? I'm petitioning. I yeah. think it's right. <laughs> right? <laughs> but duly noted. That's, that's <laughs> duly noted. That's me. That's me politely and kindly giving you a hard time. Okay. Wonderful. Wonderful. Because I'm I'm more interested in your long term health than I am as to whether or not you invite me back on the podcast. That's what I'm more interested in. Okay, I believe so, you. That being said, I actually yeah, the, clini- you. The, the clinician in me is not that worried about whether or not you invite me back. But yeah. I would like your brain, yes. your brain to work, and it works better with more oxygen. So with the one case in point, what did I just say? I don't need you to do something perfectly. I'm asking if you're participating. Yeah. So when you have eight energy that's high and one energy that is low, here's a really really important piece. Most people who are low in one energy actually have the same mantra or the same ethos as somebody who's high in one or the same fear, which is it has to be done perfectly, Mm -hmm. right? Or it has to be done better. The difference with somebody who's low in one, especially as an eight and somebody who's high in one, is if if you're an eight who's low in one, you're saying, you know, the best way for me to avoid getting judged, criticized, constantly demeaned, constantly checked off, constantly failing, constantly being told it's not good enough and I'm not good enough. Yeah. It's just not to show up. Yes. It's not, it's not to do it. It's not to even start. Mm-hmm. Why would I even bother doing anything on your checklist if it's going to constantly remind me of how broken I am? The difference with that and somebody's high in one is they have to do it. They can't stop doing it. Mm-hmm. So somebody who's low in a one won't start. Somebody who's high in a one has trouble stopping, but they're both saying the same thing. I just have a really hard time believing that I'm good enough. The difference with somebody who's low in a one is they heard that language somewhere in their life that if they don't do it properly, that they're going to get hit hard for it, maybe even physically or literally. Mm -hmm. And so what they ended up being able to find was an exit strategy. They found a way to leave the energy, the space, and the nature of one permanently right they don't go back to it and depending on how low it is is how often you visit it if it's super low you don't visit it very often Mm -hmm. because it's not safe Mm -hmm. or it's not rewarding right yeah so in that particular situation it's got to be if i engage in one am i willing to say if it's hard it's helpful if it's harmful it's not Mm -hmm. so for me in this situation practically speaking can i do a load of laundry today and not judge myself for the fact that i forgot it in the washing machine for three days Mm -hmm. But rather that I tried, you know, so the phrase that I would use in this, especially for somebody who's trying to engage in one, whether you're low or high, is participation over accuracy. Yeah. It is not about how well you do it. It's about whether or not you engaged at all. It doesn't even matter if you finished it. It just matters if you started it. Mm-hmm. That's the on-ramp. You just got to be willing to show up in the room of the potential to check that box off on the list, even if there's only one thing on the list, right? All right, number two. two. Come on. Let's come do on. it. Okay, Your so specialty. here's the thing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna prep, <laughs> yes, my specialty. <laughs> okay, my, my highest level of proficiency. I will say this just to start specifically because two is connected to eight. The lines of connection on the Enneagram, what's known as the law of seven, one, four, two, eight, five, seven, one. Mm-hmm. And the the harmony, the law of three, one, six, three, six, three, and nine, they're often taught as a growth path and a stress path, or an integration line and a disintegration line. Yeah, I just want to preface before I explain two to you. That is wholly inaccurate from a brain-based scientific, neuroscientific, neuropsychological perspective. And here's the easy way to understand it: there are no one-way roads in the brain. Mm-hmm. Period. 
Mm-hmm. Everything has an in and an out, everything, right? And also just from the sheer concept of growth and stress, in order to grow a muscle, you have to stretch it outside of its comfort zone and stress it in order for it to develop muscle mass and stamina. Yeah. You cannot grow without stress. And you also can't manage stress unless you're growing at an appropriate rate. Mm-hmm. So it isn't that one line is a growth path or one line is a stress path. Both of them are growth through stress, mm-hmm. but it has to be done in appropriate measure. Yeah. The other thing is, is you don't integrate in one and disintegrate in the other. The brain doesn't integrate and disintegrate. Mechanically, that's not the way it works. It can regulate and dysregulate, mm-hmm. or it can, be, it can be mature and immature. So for the sake of eight connecting to two and five, and I'll do this quick for you. Think of five and two connecting to eight as opportunities to be regulated in mature ways. You are exercising maturity globally. Okay? Mm-hmm. You can also, if you dysregulate, because every single person who's triggered becomes a seven-year-old version of themselves until they're <laughs> yes. okay? Yes. And if they, don't, if they don't figure it out quick, they'll just start regressing even further into the point that they become a year old, right? They'll yeah. become infantile, all right? Yes. Yes. So we're seven, year, we're seven years old at best if we yeah. get triggered, but at worst, we're infants, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's a maturity and immaturity conversation. So let's think about it this way. What would a mature version of you as an eight look like when they connect to two and five. A mature eight who is aware of vulnerability and aware of their own capacity to make it happen being short or incomplete asks a single clarifying question in the five of how can I ask for help? Mm -hmm. What do I need? And will I allow someone to help me, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. That is the clarifying question of the five connecting to the need and the recognition for need in a two. A healthy eight has to do both in order to be healthy, right? Yeah. It's not yeah. simply stating a need. It's also being willing to ask, am I even willing to ask? Am I even mm-hmm. willing to acknowledge that I need to ask and not even ask another person? Am I willing yeah. to even connect in my own spirit and my own experience that I yeah. need help, right? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. the gift of a the gift of a five is insight, and what its motivation is is clarity. If an eight is not willing to ask a clarifying question and then look at the nature of two, and say, "Man, I, am I going to let somebody love me?" Because mm-hmm. you know what twos are gifted in? Twos are gifted in unconditional love. Mm-hmm. But you know what? If if an eight allows somebody to get close to them, then the chances of getting hurt went up. Mm-hmm. Proximity is really, really, really dangerous mm-hmm. unless they feel absolutely safe and they're in control. And then also, if they've had really negative experiences with five energy, they've had really negative experiences with the judge. The right. one is the executioner. The five is the judge. So if they grew, around, uh, grew up around a lot of unhealthy, disciplinary, and judgmental kind of boundary-setting spaces, then for them to even be willing to ask a clarifying question, they feel like they're going to get their hands banked by the ruler or worse, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So asking a clarifying question is a five, but for an eight to connect to two, their questions can connect to what is a two about? A two is about nurturing. A two is about unconditional love. And a two is about appreciation. So if they're exercising healthy two to someone else, can they say, I appreciate you? Are they willing Mm -hmm. to thank someone? Mm -hmm. Are they willing to extend gratitude? Are they willing to offer encouragement? Because twos Mm -hmm. are encouragement, right? Yeah. So that's that's the sort of thing that's a very different encounter. If you're low into it, it's very, very difficult mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. to say, I'm willing to make you and your need more important than me and my fear. And I'm also willing to allow you to make me more important than my own fear mm-hmm. by taking mm-hmm. care of me. That's scary, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You're literally, if an eight does that, and this is the last point that I'll make for you, Joe. For an eight to allow somebody in and to ask a clarifying question and then step back and wait for the answer, to mm. be patient, mm-hmm. and for you to close the gap, and especially if you're low in six, to request a little bit more proximity and a little bit more guarantee and commitment, yeah. the feeling, literal physiological experience for an eight who's encountering that mm-hmm. will be the same as someone who experiences claustrophobia. I'm it's feeling it right po- now. Yeah, as yeah, you're explaining it, it's in my body, yeah. Right. You feel it. It feels like constriction. Right. And what is an eight want? They want independence, freedom and autonomy. So, you know, the number one thing that will neuter all of those feelings. Mm. Take a guess. Pause. You just did it. Yeah. Pause and breathe. Pause and Mm -hmm. breathe. Yeah. So will you take a Will you take a deep breath with me? You do it until the feeling goes away. You do it Mm -hmm. until the feeling goes away. You cannot take an intentional breath and also maintain the same degree of fear. It's not possible. I think you just named the gift of five is we don't want to do that while you're standing in front of us. It's too vulnerable. So we need to retreat into five to take that deep breath all on our own, out of the eye, the, you know, scrutiny, and then go back in. And that's the the gift gift of five is insight. Yeah, named. it's inside yeah. and you don't you don't want to be seen. No, don't right? want them to see that. Not that part. No, no but that's mm-hmm. five being seen and seeing things. Yeah, <laughs> for an eight to go. And but this is a funny thing. The eight's like, look at me. I'm a I'm a bonfire of a human. Right. Yeah. Like if they're. If they're but the don't see me take it, a breath. <laughs> no. <laughs> right? it's, it's like I'm, I'm, will, I'm willing to set myself and the world on fire to capture your attention. <laughs> but for the love of God, don't watch me quietly take a deep breath. Right? No, don't watch right. me in inaction. Don't watch me take a pause. No. Don't. Uh, yeah, I know. Right. But this is it. You named it. And because mm-hmm. you named it and you gave yourself an opportunity to see it, mm-hmm. then what you ended up doing is you moved away from the sense of that being a mirage and into the sense of that being an oasis. Because even in the tone yeah. that you just offered when you took the deep breath, it didn't sound painful. It sounded rejuvenating. And yeah, that's connecting like to the, the that's connecting thing. To the, yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's the nine and you're going, oh, my God, is that what a moment of rest feels like? Yeah. <sighs> yeah. That's exactly what it feels like. How cool is that? I think I've been contemplating what it will look like to start just saying in the moment while you're in front of me, just saying, just give me just a sec. I'm just going to take just a minute. And that's the last thing in the world I would ever have told you like five years ago, I would ever say or think was needed. And yet now there's something about naming it while the person's standing there that I know is my growth point, like a very real growth Mm. point. Um, And I, have only had like one or two opportunities that I actually caught because usually I just forget because I'm busy reacting by just filling the void with words or whatever it is I do. I totally yeah. get that. And, and the way that it's going to become more likely, more probable and more consistent is if you lean into your seven. Yeah. And so make when you it have that moment fun or something like, make no, it oh, no, okay. I was going to say, I, I hide behind yeah. making jokes too, where I'm like, no, but okay that's, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so here's the thing. That's your hiding tool. I don't want yes. you to hide right. the way that you do it right here in this moment to solidify it as a positive limbic attachment or for your brain to go, that can be life-giving mm-hmm. is you just named it. 
you just said that it's an experience that you have done it in the past, but you recognize where you are now compared to five years ago. Mm -hmm. And then what you do is celebrate that statement that you just made. You name it as something that is inspiring, right? Yeah. And it's it's a, almost yeah. a miracle. Like it's, it's completely blind to it. Right. Didn't even know it was fine. <laughs> No, but this is the thing. And this is, again, where all of the words are actually offering us the resources and offering us the steps. But the gift of a seven is inspiration. Mm -hmm. Literally. What are you doing when you take a deep breath? Yeah, inspiring. <laughs> you're inspiring. Yeah, that's okay. cool. <laughs> clever, so clever. here's the thing. Yeah, it's, 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 look, at the end of the day, people are like, man, this stuff is super complicated. I'm like, no, it's not. Yes. A three needs to confide. A seven needs to inspire, not yeah. hyperventilate. Right. They need to breathe. Yeah. Seven, sevens are hyperventilating, too much of a good thing. And eight forgets to take a deep breath, right? Yeah. Yep. So if you take a deep breath and then you say, or you allow someone else to say it to you because you want to move so quickly through the conversation that your brain doesn't get a chance to solidify it as legitimate. Yeah. So I'm going to have you pause for a second and hear me on this. Yeah. You named that your capacity now compared to five years ago has matured and evolved tremendously. Mm -hmm. And you have data points and evidence that you can access it. And when you do, it feels like a miracle. Mm -hmm. So you're saying you have legitimately experienced the miraculous capacity and power of what it means to pause, slow down and check in. And that's something worth celebrating. That's huge. Right? It is. That is seven. That is seven. But if you yes. don't sit with it for long enough to even be willing to celebrate it and acknowledge it, then your brain won't hold on to it as relevant. Because here's how something becomes memory. Memory is dependent on attention. Attention is dependent on your level of distraction. If you are distractible, you are not paying attention. If right. you're not paying attention, your brain will not commit it to memory. Mm -hmm. So if you're like, why is it so hard for me to remember this? Mm -hmm. You have to pay attention to what you're paying attention to. Right. If you don't pay attention to the fact that you're so distracted and moving so quickly and you're paying attention to everything, mm -hmm. if you can narrow your focus, pause for a second, minimize the distractions, increase your attentiveness to that one thing, including celebration, mm -hmm. you will remember it and have a memory of it that becomes way more effective to a much, much higher degree. Yeah. And then you end up having it be second nature a year from now, two years from now. I mean, imagine imagine what you'll be 12 months from now compared mm -hmm. to where you were last. 12 months ago, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's tremendous. Yeah. It's tremendous. So congratulations. Why, thank Kudos you. Kudos to you. <laughs> yes. That's it for today. We hope by now you've realized there's a lot more going on under the surface. And you'll continue to follow along as we take you inside the armor.